If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire, to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for a van to come. Old friend, have you seen where my golden tickets be? Welcome back to the Fast Forward podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Keating. It's been another busy week at Tech Manchester. Last week, we were uh, speaking at the Festival of Tech and Innovation at Yorkshire Bank with our friends at Tech Nation. And they had a very broad range of topics being discussed that evening from everything from technology, the skills gap, the future of work, um, the whole shebang. And it was great to go down and see the works uh, facility that they have down there on Market Street. Um, in House Adventures, for those that are following the podcast, DIY Trish is struck again with another self-inflicted injury on my wrist this time, um, having to make a visit to the health centre to explain that I wasn't crazy and that I had accidentally uh, cut my wrist trying to take apart some car mats, um, which then led to a very um, very much needed um, self-imposed bed rest, technically in Ibiza, probably the only person that's gone to Ibiza completely exhausted, can come back refreshed after a three-day break. Um, but today we are here to talk about uh, relationships. Uh, behind every business, every successful business, there are great relationships. And to build an effective business, you need to build those relationships with a wide range of people, whether that's investors or peers, uh, employees, and of course, most importantly, the customers. Now, building long-lasting relationships, it takes time and it requires skill um, to build and maintain those relationships. Um, but the good news is that that actual skill can be learned and we have somebody here today that's going to talk about how we can go about doing that. Kirsty James is a business consultant who works one-to-one with small businesses on networking strategy and skills training, but she also runs colony networking events across Warrington, Liverpool and Chester. And she's here today to share her expertise. Hi, Kirsty. Good morning. So we like to um, find out a little bit about the person that's sitting in the chair and why you're here to talk to us about this particular subject. So we like to learn a little bit about you, Kirsty. Um, you founded the Colony Networking Group nine years ago? A little bit over. We did a pilot run for a couple of years. Um, so in total, just over 12 years ago, um, but it got branded as, as Colony, about uh, coming up for 10 years. So let's take it back to the very beginning and um, take us back then to look at what was the vision for Colony and where did it come from? What started, prompted you to start it? Probably the focus on my local community. So uh, where I live, um, I set my business up. Um, I was aware of a lot of other small businesses in the area and we were all a little bit um, 
separated, not really aware of who was around us. We certainly weren't working together. We didn't really have uh, relationships. So the, the plan was really to bring together small business owners maybe once a quarter for a cup of coffee and see if we could work a little bit more harmoniously, uh, maybe think about one another, pay it forward, uh, look out for leads and opportunities for each other. So that's where it started. It started as a pilot scheme um, for the first couple of years, quarterly cup of coffee. We moved around the different pubs and cafes mm. and, and paid it forward into those, the, those venues as well. Um, and then from there, people started asking to meet up a bit more regularly and very quickly it became monthly and then very quickly <laughs> to start covering a bit of time and cost in each venue. We yeah. started to charge a, a sort of low entry level, but it was very much focused on our immediate business community rather mm. than pushing out wider. Fast forward a little bit of time and um, the name Colony came about, which has a whole story behind it. So it wasn't called it. Colony at it the beginning? It wasn't. It's where did I, it have a name? It did. It was Lim, Lim Business Networking Group. <laughs> a, a very wordy, uh, a mouthful. And it just represented really that it was about Lim businesses. And yeah. it was really to see if it had any legs. It was at a time um, 12 years ago when there weren't really any um, independent networking groups around. We had hmm. the big franchise networks. Um, and you didn't have fancy names for them anyway. They were all no, pretty, you know. No, yeah. they were they were often about the location. Yeah. So whilst you'd have many of the networks, which I won't name them all, but uh, around the, the UK and globally, there certainly um, wasn't the degree of independence uh, that now exists. So it was something a bit new at the time, but really the ethos was, let's get together, let's see if we can help one another and keep it local, pay it forward and keep it local. And how has that evolved over the 12 years and what is the sort of vision for Colony now? Well, there was definitely an appetite. Very quickly it went from quarterly to monthly and... Um, we then started putting on, trialling other types of events. We put on a, a business expo, which was much larger um, for a couple of years in 2012 and 13 in Warrington. We started creeping out of Lim. Um, Lim, whilst it's lovely, <laughs> is a village. Um, I actually know where Lim is and quite proud. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Most people think of Lim and they yeah. think of Lim Dam and the canal. Yeah. And they go there. For, the bridge. Yeah, they, they go up and have, you know, dinner or they go for drinks. And mm. it is lovely. Um, surprisingly, um, we are a, a very entrepreneurial um, village we have over there's over a thousand people who are either self-employed working from home or small businesses so the immediate village mm. of just traders is actually very small um, but beyond the realms there are an awful lot of what I'd call invisible businesses businesses tucked away maybe on the kitchen table or in the back bedroom working from home or people who work further afield who then work from home as well in that area so and and there's a lot of Sort of progressive thinking in terms of wanting to pull together and push both their, the business opportunities but also the community and push out limb beyond just it being a sort of a, a tourist destination to walk around the dam with the dog. <laughs> so um, very quickly it sort of crept out from the, the boundaries of limb. We're obviously within the catchment. We're, we're WA postcode. We are Warrington. We're South Warrington. And Warrington too is absolutely booming as well, um, certainly right up there, although it's caught in between Liverpool and Manchester, it's right up there in terms of its development and uh, economic growth. So um, it seemed natural to take some of the events into Warrington. And again, because there really wasn't very much going on at the time, 12 years ago, there was an appetite for doing so. So very quickly found support, formalised it, gave it the brand name Colony, um, with an ethos of uh, let's pay it forward, let's work together. My, my strap line is success in numbers. And I have a little nice. uh, icon, a little ant that, <laughs> that, that sort of crawls all over my business cards and my branding, which really symbolises um, pulling together as a team and the team ethos of let's mm. work together and grow together. 
And you've reached now, now beyond Warrington and you've got Liverpool and Chester. Yeah, that's just started country. this year. Yeah, um, I'm quite happy within my own territory. It's quite nice, obviously, to, to not go too far for work. Mm. However, um, people have been asking me, would I start up in other areas? I've been approached for a few years to partner with just different organisations and run things within their buildings, whether it's a co-working space. And I've resisted that temptation, um, probably a little bit because I was happy where I was. I also had a young family as well. And this year, thought, let's give it a shot now or never. Yeah. Let's let's see whether there is an appetite. It's certainly not intended to step on any toes of what is already out there. Um, one thing I'm hugely in favour of is collaboration with the other people doing things in your in your industry and in your yeah. sector. But if there's attendance, that may show that there is um, some kind of support for doing things a little bit differently. So that was the idea. Let's go and have a an experiment. So this year has been a year of piloting things in Chester, yeah. in Liverpool and in Newtonley Willows as well. Any particular reason those three locations? There was, yeah. Um, I had a, a, a partner organisation in Chester and Liverpool. Um, I won't do too many name dropping because then if I forget <laughs> names, people will really okay, not be happy. So, yeah. uh, so that provided the venue um, for those two locations. Um, in terms of some of my sponsors on board, they operate in that area. That mm-hmm. does help. Um, I'm quite big on keeping the price point of my events within an affordable range. And to do that and cover all costs and time, I need to bring on sponsors. Those sponsors are often postcode driven in terms of the yeah. areas they cover. So They're that influenced in um, where I went to. The Newton Willows came about a little bit by accident. That wasn't actually... I don't in, know where that is. <laughs> that is North Warrington. That's okay. uh, It's shortened to Newton and it's as you drive out of North Warrington up towards St. Helens would be you know, okay. its biggest town. Yeah. Um, I ran a ladies event as a one-off there um, in a bar. They were thinking about whether they the demand was there to cater for lo- local businesses and we'd run an... Uh, this first event, it went down very well. So we thought, mm. let's give that a go. So that one wasn't, I admit, in the uh, in the business plan. A bit more this year. serendipity. Yeah, but uh, that's how they've uh, they've started to, uh, to to take off a little bit in other areas. Great, and I think it leads very nicely into what we're going to talk about today. I mean, you talk about forming business networks and how important that is. Um, how vital, if we talk about startups, then how vital is a good network to um, startups and small businesses? Absolutely critical. But the big thing I would say is that as soon as we start using the word network and networking, mm. people get scared mm. and they get worried and think, oh, and they have visions of, um, you know, people in, in suits, shaking hands, swapping business cards. And that's their view of what networking is. And the first thing to do is to dispel that myth and strip it right back down to the fact that networking is just about making connections at a network making connections and really just at a human level and that we are already in lots and lots of networks. So I talk about something when I'm when I'm speaking and working with businesses about a, a connections funnel and the fact that we already exist in lots of different groups, networks, clubs, associations. If we forget business for a minute and just yeah. think where we exist as a human being, we may be in a sports club, we may be part of the parent circuit on the school run, we may be in our friendship groups. We may be in a local community group. We may be helping with a charity. We have multiple networks that we are already in. And I think when people realise that they already have the networks around them that they maybe haven't yet tapped into and they forget that it's not about let's sign up for an event, walk yeah. into an event, start networking afresh. <laughs> with strangers. With strangers, which yeah. is the bit that people get scared of. 
I always sort of say, well, let's just network within your own networks yeah. and maybe take the word network out of it as well. The other thing I'd stress as well, networking as a word has an ing on it <laughs> for a very important reason. It is a state of being active. It's an, um, an active process of creating networks and it does require you to make some effort. But starting, you know, firstly with those immediate clubs and associations and allegiances is a, mm. is a big thing then can help foster that confidence. So in terms of new starts, if they start small, they also then can sort of um, scale up, but they can also go and try different networks. There's, there's loads and loads of networking around these days. There wasn't mm. so much 12 years ago, but there is now. Yeah, um, you can be out every night of the week in oh, Manchester. Breakfast, lunch to. and dinner all week yeah. long. Across Warrington, for example, <laughs> yeah. um, which is my sort of main main territory, there are 23 networks I keep on my list. So if I'm working with a business and they're saying, where do I go and mm. what shall I do and what shall I say? We can look at what would suit their needs, make sure that either I'm going along with them or that I hand them into... Um, the responsible hands of the the network leader to look after them. Just to make sure they're very positive experience. Absolutely. There's nothing worse than walking into a room where suddenly you're asked to stand up in front of 80 people and give your elevator pitch and you're thinking, hang on, I I don't know what that is and I don't even have a business card. (laughs) So, yeah. And we've done a podcast actually with um, Naomi Timberley and she talked about the same thing, about it's about making good connections and she hates the word uh, networking. Um, but we did talk about how to get, and I know we have to use the word um, with respect to when we talk about networking events, and we did talk about how to get the most out of it. Um, but that's all about just making that initial kind of contact, you know, once you kind of meet someone and, you know, you click with them for whatever reason. And I and I always say that you always get something, like I, I'll always get something out of going to a networking event, whether it's because I specifically wanted to go and hear somebody speak or um, you know, because I wanted to learn something in uh, particular. Um, but there's it's the it's the unexpected, I guess, um, stuff that happens where you just bump into somebody and you get chatting. Um, like I met a guy, um, I was hosting the South Manchester Enterprise Network um, last week, which is a local network here for um, human Mossside businesses. And met a great guy called Otis, who's running a whole bunch of um, different initiatives for um, young um, young kids in the area in terms of helping them get into jobs and entrepreneurship and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, we're doing stuff, so like you should come in and we can do stuff together. So um, I think it's that kind of, you know, that initial contact's great, but how do you then go about building the long-lasting business relationship after? Like mm-hmm. what are the steps that yeah. that people should be, you know, entrepreneurs and startups yeah. should be taking? I think the first thing is, is, is going into an event is to go in and just think about connecting with people as a human being. So mm. connection is probably um, the precursor of, of how networking relationships grow and blossom. Thinking about somebody as a person before a job title yeah. or a company what name. A ca- what can I get out of you? Yeah, It's a given that we're in business and we'd like to obtain clients and prospects. But walking into a room and expecting that um, on day one at the beginning of a relationship, it it's very rare for that to happen. Somebody might get lucky, but it's just not going to happen, mainly because people buy from people and they want to have that relationship first. Um, I talk about um, something which a lot of people are sort of throwing around now as, as the, the No Light Trust, the KLT. I've blogged on that separately. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the relationship journey starts with the getting to know people, and that is a slow burner. We can't expect to be best friends immediately. We also can't expect to be everyone's cup of tea. It's first date is not a marriage. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It will take time. So going into an environment, just starting to get to know someone, getting them, letting them get to know you and getting 
to know a lot of people because it is about sort of quantity initially, putting a lot of connections into that connections funnel and then working out how they filter down and then the quality comes out at the bottom. So getting to know is the first bit of of it. Then there's the like side of things in the the KLT um, sort of acronym, Um, the like factor. You want to be liked and you want to be remembered. So you really do need to say something that is memorable and... If you're not going to say something that's memorable, then you probably want to be remembered for for whatever reason, maybe what you look like or the way, ideally, the way you make somebody feel. There, There is a, a, a quote by um, Mayor Angelou who says, people won't remember what you say or do, but they will remember how you make them feel. Mm. And I think if you do start connecting with people just as a human being, just to chat, um, human to human, rather than business to business or business to consumer, from there, you can... You can start to relate, you can start to empathise, you can probably pluck out things in the conversation that have got nothing to do with work. And if you get to that light stage, well, I enjoyed the conversation with you. Actually, you've got something in common. Mm. I'd consider doing business with you. We can all walk away and jump onto LinkedIn and people's websites and find out what they actually do. We don't need to thrust that career history down somebody's throat straight away. And I also, think that's the power of technology, isn't it, that allows mm. us to do that, whereas before... You didn't have that luxury. Mm, yeah, so we can do all the homework on, on the fine minutia. When people are introducing themselves, I say, please don't introduce your, your whole career history and everything about your business. We can look that bit up. Just talk about yourself, what you offer, what benefits you offer, um, the services and how you can help people. Um, but then also bring it back down to as well what you're looking for in the room because the the power of networking is obviously what sits beyond the room Mm -hmm. so people can then hear what you're looking for what your problems are and that links a little bit to the to the point you just made about before not everybody goes networking to obtain clients and prospects there are multiple reasons for for, to to network um obtaining information and support um attending events to hear the speakers so learning there's the emotional support side of things, sourcing suppliers, mm-hmm. um, solving problems in your business. So I think if we went in sort of uh, expecting it to be for one sole reason, just to obtain clients, that's when people will be bitterly uh, let down. So on that, that, I'm sure, and also not even prepared to handle the other things that present themselves, or not not open to, to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think going in with an open mind. Um, I had an expression given to me a couple of weeks ago in terms of. Um, when you're chatting to people, ask really curious questions. Mm. And it is important to do a lot more questioning than speaking. We have two ears, one mouth. Let's listen more than we, we speak. Let's listen to what people are after. And ask odd, curious questions about the person that will let them relax and also just open and engage. So then we pass through from the, the get to know and then get into the like. And all of this does take time. This isn't after one event, obviously. This can be months. I mean, I do business. Why don't you like me? Exactly. <laughs> you need to like me straight away. Oh, actually, no, you know, I don't yeah. like you at all. And then the the final bit of that sort of equation is the, is the trust, the, the, uh, so the no like trust journey. And that trust factor takes a long time. Um, if you've come by word of mouth uh, and you're a friend of a friend, you can fast track it a little bit more, obviously. If you meet people in person, you're going to fast track it a bit more than if you're just doing online. But the trust factor will take time to build up. So you could be in a network for several months. What tends to happen with a lot of networkers and people I see coming to to my events is people have a bit of a a boom bust um, sort of type of behaviour where they come a couple of times, expect business. It didn't happen straight away, so they drop out. 
People also are maybe inconsistent as well because they get busy. So you sort of network, network, got busy, got clients, thanks, I won't network now, I don't need mm-hmm. any clients. And then they've become invisible. They've dropped off the radar and people think, actually, I really like them, but maybe they're not around anymore. So you don't stay present in people's minds. So the no and the the remaining known is actually yeah. part and parcel of that known. Then the like and continue to like, you, you need to keep working on it. And then yeah. eventually you get to that trust element at the end. And that is the time when the business may come, when the partnerships may come, where the opportunities yeah. arise. You need to be there in the space to mm. when, those, when they present themselves. Um, you've recently wrote an article um, about this on LinkedIn and you called it the... The C word. The C word, yes. Yeah. Um, and there was 12, but there was not one C word, there was 12, I There's think. 12, I think yeah. I'm up to about 15 now, I keep adding to it, but yeah, there were 12 at the time I published um, it. Can you, uh, can you take us through that and what each of those C words mean and yeah. why how powerful they are? Okay, yes, of course. I think um, worth mentioning the reason why I called it the C word and what happened around that time to activities I was doing a little bit of brainstorming around what uh, the keywords I needed to use within my own business and which keywords existed within my sector, so the Mm -hmm. networking sector. So I was pulling out a lot of the buzzwords to to really take a look at how my website and some of my marketing material looked and wrote down a lot of words. And there seemed to be a consistent theme that there was a lot of C's in there. The other thing I was also doing around that time was working with my business mentor on my values. And again, there were lots of C words and I kept looking at things and the C's kept jumping off the page. So mm. that's really where um, this article sort of started. It was trying to combine both business values, but also um, the words that were most prevalent in the in the networking sector. So entitled it the C word, I thought it would get a few people's attention, which it did. Yeah. For rightly, right or wrong <laughs> reasons, it, it did. And a few people commenting on it still. So in terms of those um, 12 tips, uh, the 12 tips to building relationships, the, the first one, something we touched on already, was about connectivity and um, thinking about connecting really at that human level before business titles and companies. Um, connection is really at the heart of what networking is about. And I've discussed already the the, the KLT journey, that no light yeah. trust that comes from connecting. Um, the next C word for me, and it's not for everybody, but it is important to me, is community, about being a member of your business community, but also being a member of your community where you live and whether you put back into the area. For me, it's not only the right thing to do, but it's also it gives back value into the place where you work and live. And in terms of then fostering good relationships, which is what this is about, but also um, helping your local economy to grow and hope, helping the people around you. I think community um, is, is important. So paying it forward and blending business and community. Um, the third C word for me is about commitment And there's two levels of commitment here. There's commitment to your work, to your clients, and working out which ones really are um, your priorities in terms of who you need to be committed to. Yeah. But there's also commitment to yourself and your business. There are plenty of people who are running their business as a hobby, and that's absolutely fine if that's their choice. But it is an important distinction to make as to whether you're running a hobby business or a career business. And that then impacts in terms of how much time and um, and commitment you want to give. So commitment comes in a lot of forms, but it is to yourself in terms of what you want to do with your, your own personal development, business development, but it's also then onwards to your to your staff, to your clients, to your associates. So everyone in that relationship type cycle. Um, the fourth tip was around collaboration, whether you see yourself as being a collaborator or, or a competitor. 
I've never really liked the word competition and uh, rightly or wrongly, I, I never view anyone in my industry as competition. I view them mm-hmm. as collaborate, collaborators. And um, there will be times when what I offer does not suit somebody else. And in order to maintain professional reputation, the best thing you can do is refer somebody to the best source of support for them. If that means passing people on to another network, then that's the right thing to do. So anybody in my network would be a collaborator. Frequently run joint events with other people, but uh, more importantly, make sure that people are in the right environment. So I'd encourage anyone in their business to have a look around them, have a look at who their competition is and and, and make it healthy competition and think about whether at times um, they could solve a problem for you if you collaborated with them. Collateral was my fifth tip. Yeah, so what's this one? Yeah, and, and people sort of think, collateral, what do you mean by what that? Do you mean? Well, most people, particularly those in, in the marketing world, will be thinking marketing collateral, yeah, your website, your print brochures, your, your business cards. And yes, that's important. You need to walk into a meeting ideally with some kind of, uh, it helps to have a business card or a leaflet brochure, but isn't essential. So there's, there's the print collateral, but I don't mean that. What I mean is emotional collateral and how you build that up. Uh, your reputation and um, how you connect with people and whether you build relationships will lead on to banking emotional collateral. If you listen to people, hear what they want, come out of a meeting and follow up with that email that says, you know, you were looking for a such and such a person, I can help here, let me introduce you and you pay it forward. People will like that, but they'll they'll sort of remember you for it. So you'll straight away, um, you know, sort of tick one of the boxes in terms of the, the like likability factor and you'll bank some emotional collateral, and it's it's that emotional collateral is is the ideal place to to that's the ideal point where you can then sort of come back to someone further down the line and say actually I'm looking for X Y and Z can you now help me with that? Um, so that's what I mean by that. I mean the uh, the, the emotional sort of um, the value associated with with what you offer. Um, the next C word for me, and again maybe not for everyone, but is charity. I think um, there's an awful lot of small businesses who feel that that's just the remit of the of the uh, the bi- of big business of multinationals to pick a charity and support charity. Mm-hmm. There's an awful lot that can be done at grassroots level. A valiant kind and you know skilled volunteering time. There's so many things you can do without actually yeah giving actually a lot of giving money. Ca- yeah. yeah, it's not about handing a check a check over yeah. for ten thousand pounds because you've had the the annual ball. That's great, fabulous mm-hmm. charities do need that. But smaller charities will benefit from having trustees or people who come in and help them with their finances or their strategic planning or their marketing. Yeah. Um, they will benefit from just the awareness that you could drive from them. So I'm a small business. However, I've always picked an annual charity and I do what I can to raise a few funds, but also raise some awareness. So yeah, you're, running, um, you're actually running in a few weeks, aren't you? For yeah, later one? in the year. And yeah. um, we, we'll run for one charity. I have a charity this year, Creating Adventures, which is, uh, supports adults with autism in the Warrington area. And we've had two events recently, which for very, various reasons around the logistics of how they needed to be organised, I couldn't run them commercially. So I ran them in aid of the charity. And again, it just feels it's the right thing for me to do um, to to link up with a local charity and, and part with partner with them. I think the the private sector are one of the least generous, apparently, uh, from articles I've recently read in terms of uh, donating to charity. Individuals do, right. but a lot of businesses don't. I think for small businesses, hmm. it's probably because they think it's just the big businesses yeah. that can do that. Um, so yes, yeah, so the charity was uh, was there as number six. Um, Number seven for me was um, contacts. Now, obviously, networking is about contacts and mm. leveraging your contacts, but <laughs> not just contacts in any sort of mishmash order. 
Um, there's something I refer to here that's uh, it's called the onion analogy, which sounds a little bit odd. But if we take an onion and you've got uh, layers of the onion, you have your core and then you have your different layers mm-hmm. um, all around that. So if if you work out who is at the heart of your life and your business and work on building what I'd call your tribe, they are the core of a, your onion. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, you have different layers for different reasons. So um, there is a, a, a social anthropologist, I think it's called the uh, the Dunbar model, that talks about how many relationships you could manage at any one time. So how many contacts can you physically manage at any one time? And the number given was 150 that most people can manage at any given time. And that's 150 on the outer network, so the outer layers of that onion. When it comes into the core, it comes down to being only five. Um, five people that are strongly at uh, the core of your life and your business and are in your tribe. Um, I don't actually even sure I could, you know, I know a lot of people, but I'm just thinking like 150 maintained relationships. Maintained, that's the tricky bit. So 150 is where there's sort of casual acquaintances. Um, It goes down into the next level of 50, who there would be close friends you'd, you know, friends you'd invite to a party, 15. So it's not like 150 intense. No, but you'd still need to know the names and where they were and who they did and what they did and that kind of thing. Um, And I think it's important to prioritise who's in the core, who's in your tribe. Know your tribe, both in life and in business. Make sure that for business it doesn't just involve family and friends um, because they will be <laughs> your not. best supporters but your worst critics as yeah. well because they will be trying to protect you. So they will give you all no. those questions yeah. as to why you're doing that and should you be doing that and have you really thought that through. So make sure you know who you try, but who can you rely on when it comes to the crunch. And if you need to apply the rule, uh, the, the law, the Pareto's law, the 80-20 and thinking about, well, you know, who are my top my top 20% of contacts, who should I work on, who should I nurture? And that's, it's transient as well because the outer layers of those onions will come back into the centre at various Mm. times depending on what's going on in your life and your business objectives. You can bring people into the core when you need them for certain reasons and likewise you lose track of certain people at different times for other reasons. So um, that's that's contacts and it links in very nicely to uh, the eighth point which is circle of influence um, the, the the quote here I'll use is, is Jim Rohn's, which is, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So making sure that you hang out with the right people, in the right folk, the right place, yeah. the right time, so that you become a better person, you p- become the best version of yourself. Yeah, it's profound, isn't it? And you see it quite often with young, uh, with young people in terms of the friends that, you know, we've all fallen foul during school. You know, we end up... You know, picking the wrong, the wrong crowd, friends. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pick, you know, friends that are going to take you down a path doing things that, you know, you shouldn't perhaps be doing. Yeah, and it's the same in business. Yeah. If you hang out with that neg ferret yeah. who's constantly looking at every situ- situation and sort of um, finding ferret, I like yeah, that. the negativity in it, you know, what's that going to do to you? You're going to come home, you're going to be starting to question. Hmm. You know, we only have to refer to, to all the, oh, there's so many business books on this subject, but the... Uh, uh, the chimp paradox, you know, it's sort of the, the 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 chimp voice. You've got one in your yeah. brain anyway. The last thing you need is the people around you yeah. um, chomping away and sort of bringing in more negativity. So really pick your people wisely, uh, particularly those that you ask business advice of. And if you don't have a business mentor, make sure that you either go and find one or, or get a, a really good group around you that aren't family and friends. Um, leading on to number nine, uh, commandments uh, was the C word here for me. And, and for this, is this is really about 
your values in business mm-hmm. and your principles. So when I've done work around what is my what are my values, what is what is my business culture, what do I want to aspire to, I, I write down my ten commandments that I abide by for my business. And I would encourage anybody to think about their criteria, their rules of engagement when they take on work. What yeah. kind of work do they want to to do? Yeah. Um, what kind of business is that customer running? Yeah. Is that something that's aligned with you? Absolutely. You have to align on, on a, a values level. Yeah. And you won't be everybody's cup of tea and they won't be yours. Yeah. Um, but it is important to have that cultural fit and it's both within your organisation in terms of your staff or your outsourced suppliers, mm-hmm. um, but also um, for your customers. Because if you're chasing everybody, then um, then that uh, not everybody will be the right fit. Yeah, we have uh, one of the startups on the recent intake for the mentoring programme that we run here at Tech Manchester. He worked for one of the big four oil companies, I won't say which one, um, but uh, he had a fin- like a phenomenal job of travelling all over the world. Um, but he went, so I was talking to him to find out sort of what prompted him to start his own business. And he said, well, the last project I was working on involved tearing down rainforests and I just, just couldn't, he was like, I just couldn't do it. It just wasn't me. So he's left to create a new sort of energy consultancy to help small businesses um, mm. rather than, you know, doing his bit to help the world and then to take it away. Yeah, you got, you could be happy going into work mm. and happy that what you do is, is valuable to others but fits with what's in your own heart beyond head in terms mm. of, and, and gut instinct kicks in a lot on that in terms yeah. of whether you relate to um, the people you're working with. So yeah, that cultural fit is, is essential. So having your sort of a, your rules that you abide by, your 10 commandments as I call it is important. Um, Coming on to number 10 then, that's about comfort factor. Now, whilst we all know that the best way to sort of push forward, drive forward, succeed, grow is to step outside of our comfort zone, it is important to to be comfortable. Um, What, do you mean comfortable in the uncomfortable or is it okay to be comfortable sometimes, do you think? Do you know both actually? Because (laughs) running your own business, you're going to have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and the unpredictable because if you want to be static and not drive forward... Um, well, if you're not growing, you're dying. You, exactly, exactly. So you're going to have to get comfortable with things being uncomfortable, having uncomfortable conversations, putting yourself in environments where um, it's going to be a challenge for you. Um, well, you talked about it before we came on the podcast, didn't you? Absolutely. Your, what you've done yourself. Yeah, my, my own group started with five, ten people. Um, I now have events that can be anything from ten people still through to a hundred people. Yeah. Last last week, I spoke to a hundred people. I would have never dreamt of doing that years ago so you do need to step out of your comfort zone but also you do need to be comfortable and what I mean by that is you need to be comfortable in your own skin about what you're doing what your business offers be absolutely comfortable and confident that you're doing the right thing yeah be be comfortable with yourself and the way you do business and then when we translate this over now to networking make sure you go to events where you are made to feel welcome and you're comfortable if you walk into that room Mm. and it doesn't it feels awkward and you've got a bad vibe or you're not looked after either the host is not doing their job properly or they're just not available at that particular moment or you've got the wrong environment because you need to go into a networking environment and for me the biggest goal for me when I welcome anybody into my events is that they are comfortable and they leave being happy so there's comfortable and there's um sort of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone there's two things there for different slightly different reasons And it's okay to be comfortable just a little bit at the time. Like yeah. we, you know, we can, we have to be kind to ourselves. I think sometimes Absolutely. that if you're constantly putting yourself under pressure and constantly pushing yourself out 
and creating that stress. You know, your body doesn't have time. To, to recover. Recover. You know, it's like if you do exercise in the gym and you, you know, you do a weight session, you have to let your body recover because that's how it gets stronger. It repairs itself. Yeah. yeah. You, we have to be, yeah, we do need to be kind to ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, get the right balance between oh, discomfort and comfort. <laughs> we'll come on Spoiler to that. Spoiler alert. Day. Yeah, we'll come on to that. <laughs> Sorry, <also>. folks. <laughs> so second to last one is chat. And yeah. by chat, I mean small talk. Mm relationships they start with the small talk if you're not comfortable with small talk then get comfortable with it really quickly yeah. you've got to learn that it's an art um not everybody's good at it. how many times have we walked into an environment where somebody's just really really awkward to speak yeah. to you're desperate to get away or somebody else is yabbering away at 100 miles an hour and not letting you say anything in return and you're trying to get away from that conversation small chat is important um, but coming back to that very first point about just chatting to people as a human being and getting that small chat, you know, whether it's, can I get you a cup of tea or how did you get here this morning? Have you just been caught in the rain as well? Are you, you, do, you know, do you happen to know where the bathrooms are? You know, have you been to this event before? Just do all the little small stuff yeah. that's not about work, that starts the small chat. It's just a bit of an icebreaker and it keeps you chatting. You start buddying up with that person before anybody else has then arrived into your circle as well. So, um yeah, so get the small chat right. Yeah. And then coming on to this last point, and we nearly nearly uh, dived in and went in on it. <laughs> but mine began with care, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> care, care. Yeah. And um, this is really important in relationship building with other people, but more importantly with yourself, your relationship with yourself, running your business. Um, it's getting that work-life balance and it's thinking about self-care. And we all go through stages of doing it right and wrong. Gosh, I, I certainly have made plenty of mistakes in terms of uh, whether I allocate enough time to myself. Yeah. But your biggest relationship in your business is one with yourself. And it will be continual. It will be transient. It will go through different stages of sort of self-realisation as you work out what you want. And it will change. You don't set your business goals tomorrow and they remain the same. What I was doing 10 years ago, 12 years ago is now not what I'm doing all the time. So things evolve, allow that evolution to, to occur. It's a work in progress. You're working towards something bigger and better. Achieve one thing every day, write them down each week so that you can see what you've achieved and ticked off your list. But be kind to yourself because you are achieving, providing you're still doing mm. a little bit of something every day and every week. And then you can reflect at the end of the week. One of the big things I'm keen on doing is on a Friday, doing something called uh, Feedback Friday. And it is about looking back on my week, seeing what I've achieved, but also giving some credit to those around me who I've seen. So if I've attended an event, I thought the speakers were great, giving giving them a, a, some credit and saying, I really learned a lot from you. Thank you. I thought the salient points were yeah. I've really taken something. So be kind to yourself. Take care of those around you. Obviously, that, that counts first, your family, your friends before yeah. business. We're not going to have it written on our... Our tombstone, you know, they were <laughs> fabulous at X, Y, and Z in yeah. work. We're probably going to be it'd be something like she yeah. was a great. I wish I had to work more. <laughs> yeah, I wish I'd work more. It'll be, you know, whether you're a great wife or a mother yeah. or a daughter or a sister or an auntie or whatever. That, yeah. that counts We've meant something to someone else. But we do lose sight of that. And it's normal because we chase after our goals. We're, we're keen to grow our businesses. We're impatient to grow businesses. Um, but we're not experts overnight. We set up a business because we're good at what we do. We're not good at everything in running a business. So be kind to yourself and remember that self-care is important. So that's yeah. that's my, my final C of the you 12. Can't, you can't really look after others if you can't look after yourself, no, right? No, not at all. Um, it's, it's a lot to take in. So I think there's a lot of different aspects there to, um, you know, what a startup or a small business owner who's maybe embarking out, out on this. And I think communication styles ha plays a part in this as well. I think 
this kind of thing comes very easy to me and easy to you because I think, um, you know, we do colours here at UK Fast. We'll talk about the greens and the yellows and the blues. Um, and as a yeah, I'm a pretty much all yellow um, with a bit of with a bit of green, no blue at all, no analytics skills, <laughs> no detail. Um, you know, it's easier for me, but as you said, it's not for for other people who are quite analytical or are quite um, sort of red in, in the color communications. Um, can be a bit more challenging for them. So, what would be your one piece of advice for for those people who are starting out, particularly those who are struggling, like what that they could maybe start and try today? Uh, play to your strengths and ask for help. I think we try and do everything ourselves, um, mm-hmm. starting a business. And there'll be financial reasons why that might have to be the case at the beginning, that you are IT department one day and you're marketing the next and you're legal the next and you, <laughs> yeah. you, you haven't got the money to outsource. As, as fast as you can, start to outsource or employ. Um, if you can release funds to be able to do that, great. If you can't, though, play to your strengths. Know what you're good at. Know why you set up in business everybody talks about the big question the big why um it applies both to knowing your why in business but also knowing your why in networking as well and mm-hmm. um, you've got to know what what you're trying to deliver for what reasons and then when you know your why you'll know how to do it where when uh what where yeah what you know so what events start, to start with the wine. ones to decline yeah. absolutely so i think for small businesses if we're talking about sort of relationship building it's about um just taking it, stripping it right back and thinking, where am I at the moment with relationships? Then where would I need to go to to fulfil that why about why I'm, in, why I'm in business and why I need relationships? So you're looking for somebody to build your website, mm-hmm. you, therefore you're on a supplier hunt. If you're looking for social media skills, then you're going to listen to speakers at different events. So yeah. the the reasons why you would network will influence your, your behaviour. But I think that would be the the start point. Play to your strengths. If you're great at something, don't waste your time sort of trying to to uh, sort of be an expert and a jack of all trades. Um, mm. Yeah, perfect. Um, I think you've given some incredible advice and um, points today that um, we can all work on. Even those people that have been doing it a few years, including myself. Um, and um, we hope that that has helped you. If you've been struggling with this particular topic, I think. You know, people talk about, um, you know, being more scared of public speaking and networking than they are of maybe death sometimes. Um, And hopefully some of the advice that you'll be able to start applying, maybe not all of it, but little bits of it into your sort of your weekly, your weekly um, business routines and and personal routines as well. And um, if that's been something that's been stressing you out, then we hopefully have maybe helped get you a better night's sleep. Thank you.